Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, who when Christ had been baptized in the river Jordan, and as the Holy Spirit descended upon him, solemnly declared him your beloved Son, grant that your children by adoption, reborn of water and the Holy Spirit, may always be well-pleasing to you, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. A little bit different this year because of the way Christmas fell. Yesterday we celebrated the Epiphany. Today, the baptism of the Lord, and this is the last day of the Christmas season. Tomorrow we enter into ordinary time. Good morning, Mom. Good to be Good back morning. It's been, God, it seems like a month. I think it has been almost. Between all the, the days off and the sickness and everything else. But we're back. So what's new with you? Oh, just getting back into ordinary time here as well. We're uh, this week going to take our Christmas decorations down. I think we're the last ones to have them up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're just getting back into normal time too. So okay. much, uh, so much holidaying and so forth and so on. It was all good though, all good. So, what did you want to talk about today? Well, I think we should start with Our Lady's messages from Medjugorje because there are a few. Okay. Um, it's been very busy over there. So we'll start with that. The first one is from December 25th, which is the usual monthly message given to Maria, one of the visionaries. And it's, dear children, I am carrying my son Jesus to you to fill your hearts with peace because he is peace. Little children, seek Jesus in the silence of your heart that he be born anew. The world needs Jesus. Therefore, seek him through prayer because he gives himself daily to each of you. And then it says that Our Lady came solemnly dressed with little Jesus in her arms. Jesus extended his hand in a sign of blessing as Our Lady prayed over them in Aramaic. So it's all about peace, which this world isn't greatly in need of. Any other thoughts on that uh, message? No, I mean, to me, they're all starting to sound the same. Well, like a mother who has to repeat herself if her children aren't listening. Um, yeah, I think I'm not that, knocking it. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, how many times can we hear this before something happens? Well, we, I guess we still need to hear it. So also on December 25th, she gives a message once a year to Yaakov, who has all the 10 secrets and only hears uh, a message from her once a year now. So this is his annual message, which is for all of us as well. Dear children, today with my son in my arms, I desire to call all of you to pray to the little Jesus for the healing of your heart. Children, often in your hearts, sin rules, which destroys your life and you cannot feel God's presence. That is why on this day of grace, when grace is spreading throughout the whole world, surrender your life and your heart to the Lord so that the Lord may heal them with his grace. Only with pure hearts will you be able to experience the birth of Jesus anew in you, and the light of his birth will illuminate your life. I bless you with my motherly blessing. Thank you for having responded to my call. So this one is all about the heart, and um, 
that Jesus wants to heal our hearts. And for sure, we need that. Um, sin, when sin rules in our hearts, we cannot feel God's presence. So I guess there's a distance between us then, which is brought on by our actions. But the graces are there if we turn back. Yeah. Any, uh, you know, I think the, the key in that whole message is unless you have a pure heart, you know, unless yes. you have a pure heart. So and a lot about can see that. how in this world we live in, there's very few pure hearts because the world is just a sewer. Everything is debased and debauchery and pornography and it's just the whole thing, you know. So how the ch I feel horrible for the children because they're being raised in a world that they think is normal and it's anything but normal. And they're, they're kind of, uh, unless you kind of hide them away in your home and protect them from seeing the, what's actually out there, it's very hard to keep the kids away from it. Well, the trip we took to Medjugorje with you in April, um, some of the pilgrims on the group uh, dubbed it the, the heart trip. And it's true that each trip we take there has more or less a theme. And this one was the heart. So this speaks to me, and I'm sure it speaks to everyone else that was on that pilgrimage. There was even uh, people were picking up some of the rocks, and they were in the shape of a heart. It definitely yeah. was a heart, heart trip. So we'll have to ponder that message a little more. So then we move on to um, Maria sees Our Lady every day. And on the last day of the year, December 31st, Our Lady asked her to invite the people to come up to the mountain on January 1st and pray with her for three hours. So Maria spread the word. Everybody in, in the village, the people who lived there, the pilgrims that were there, everybody went up to the mountain on January 1st at three in the afternoon, as she requested. And um, she prayed with them for three hours. And it started to rain, and there was no rain in the forecast. And as they proceed, they did four complete rosaries, led by Maria, with singing in between. And with each successive decade and each successive rosary, the rains got heavier and heavier. Mind you, the people weren't prepared because they, there was no forecast of rain. And it was pouring rain. And then just before Our Lady appeared at 540 for the regular apparition, the rain stopped, and Our Lady appeared to Maria. And she said to her, thank you for having responded to my call and for praying for my intentions. You will not regret it, neither you nor your children nor your children's children. And she blessed everyone there. So a beautiful message uh, and beautiful response to Our Lady's call. And uh, whatever was going on that she needed the extra prayers, she got them. And so uh, it's happening over there. It's just happening. So a lot to ponder there. So today I thought we would talk about indulgences. Um, I was approached by a woman after mass yesterday at my parish, and she um, is a faithful listener to Mondays with Mom. And uh, she said, could you talk about indulgences? So that's, I think, what we'll talk about today. Okay. okay. Yeah. First question, what is an indulgence? Well, an indulgence is the remission granted by the church of the temporal punishment due to sins already forgiven. So it's what's left over after you confess your sins in penance. Um, the, the 
from when I was in grammar school, there was a simple way of looking at this. And it was, uh, you throw a tomato at a white wall and you see what a mess it is and you go and you clean off the tomato, but there's still a red stain left. That's what we're talking about here. That after you confess your sins and clean up the tomato, there's the stain left in your soul. So, um, the sacrament of penance, if you receive it worthily, takes away the eternal punishment for sin. But what we call the temporal punishment is left. So that's the stain. And I guess it's the also, Father, the harm that you do to your soul with sin. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That that has to be repaired? Well, your soul is completely washed clean in the confessional. What you have to repair is the damage your sins did to the world, to the other mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, sin. It's not just personal. It's corporate, as we know well from Adam and Eve. So all that damage has to be repaired. Yeah. So um, there's a need then to um, make atonement for the the what's left after we confess. Uh, so we uh, temporal punishment is paid either in this life or in purgatory. We don't go straight to heaven if we still have that on our souls. Um, it implies that um, the sin, well, it implies that sin harms our own soul with that. And um, so how do, we, how, do we, how do we pay this debt? Well, first by the penance that the priest gives us. Is that right, Father? Yes. Yes. So yeah. if, if now, the priest- I have to say something now. You know, your penance is to basically repair the damage your sin did. So if the priest gives you one Hail Mary and you you know, shot somebody and killed them, I don't think that's gonna do it. And I, what I find is most priests give way too lenient penances thinking they're being merciful. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is you want them to burn off the purgatory time on earth, not in, in purgatory. So I tend to not give a very lenient penance unless somebody comes in and says, it's been two days since my last confession. I told a white lie. All right, fine. So pray one hell, Holy Queen, with great love for Our Lady. That's your penance. But the amount of damage we do, particularly when people don't even know what sin is, is we're amassing this mountain of, of temporal punishment. So really the best definition you could have for indulgence is the remission of temporal penance caused by a sin whose guilt has already been forgiven. So the person's forgiven, but they have this temporal penance, temporal meaning, you know, corporate, corporal penance they have to do. And if you don't do it in this life, you have to do it in purgatory. Yeah. And uh, there have been uh, saints that have appeared to people and they've said that if uh, they had the choice after they know what, what purgatory is like, they would put up with all the suffering on earth rather than the tiniest bit in purgatory. It's better to do it here. So, um, so we can, uh, part of, you know, getting rid of the debt of that punishment is by the, what the priest gives you in confession. But we can also uh, pay off that debt with prayers, with attending mass, with adoration, with fasting, almsgiving, works of mercy, endurance of our sufferings. And additionally, through indulgences. So, um, 
there we are. We're opening the door now, getting into it. So let's just talk about the endurance of sufferings for a minute, though. This is the, the way of doing this is to accept the crosses when they come into our life. And we all have them. The cross is actually a sign of God's love for us. God sends the crosses to heal the wounds of our soul. And cr crosses heal us quickly if we accept them. And think about a lot of times people grumble and complain and try and push the suffering away. Uh, but Jesus tells us to take up our cross daily. So it reminded me of something from Divine Mercy. And it, it, I looked it up last night and it's number 446. And I'll read it for you. So 446 says, then I saw the Lord Jesus nailed to the cross. When he had hung on it for a while, I saw a multitude of souls crucified like him. Then I saw a second multitude of souls and a third. The second multitude were not nailed to their crosses, but were holding them firmly in their hands. The third were neither nailed to their crosses nor holding them firmly in their hands, but were dragging their crosses behind them and were discontent. Jesus then said to me, to Sister Faustina, do you see these souls? Those who are like me in the pain and contempt they suffer will be like me also in glory. And those who resemble me less in pain and contempt will also bear less resemblance to me in glory. So there it is. Um, accepting our crosses when they come uh, and, and doing it the best we can. Uh, and trying yeah, so to be the people, the people who are trying to skate through life with no crosses and eliminate all suffering and pain are going to be in for a really rude awakening when they get to the end of life. And they realize when Jesus said, pick up your cross daily, he meant it. Uh, I noticed yesterday Spirit Daily had something from. Uh, what is the saint's name? Saint. Uh, Leonard of Port Maurice. I don't know if you've ever read any of his writings. But he published this famous homily about purgatory death and all these things, the last uh, four things. And in it, he quotes St. Vincent Ferrer, who relates that there was an archdeacon in Lyon that was friends with him that left his charge as deacon to go off into the desert and do penance for the last few years of his life. He was a very holy man, and he died at the same hour of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And after his death, he appeared to his bishop, and he said to him, you must know that at the hour I passed, 33,000 people also died. Out of this number, St. Bernard and myself, or Bernard and myself, went up to heaven without delay. Three went to purgatory, and all the others fell into hell. Wow. Wow is right, yes. And this is, you know, we're talking well over 100 years ago when the world was a much simpler place without all the crazy temptations that we have today. So people, this is the problem with most people. They think, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer goes to hell, Adolf Hitler goes to hell, son of Sam goes to hell, and everybody else goes to heaven. That's what a lot of people think. Unless you're a serial killer or some horrible monster of atrocities during world wars, you're going to heaven. That's not what Jesus said. He said the road to hell is like the super highway and the narrow gate is the entrance to heaven that that's a very smaller number of people heading on that path so really the mission of the church is yes we have to tell the good news but we also have to let people know please take your salvation seriously 
right? Right, but if I think today... If, if you never consider your own death, you're probably not going to go in a great place. You have to consider the end of life before you get there. But I think today people are not, they don't know the, the, the churches, uh, all the things that are available to them. They don't, they never think about these things. We never talk about these things. No, uh, when was the last time you heard a homily on the four last things? No, we don't. Never. And even at, even at that, it's 10 minutes people have maybe once a week. <laughs> So it's, it is it's, good to, the indulgences are good because they make us think about the fact that we are sinners. You don't need an indulgence unless you're a sinner. Blessed Mother didn't need indulgence. Right. Never. And, you know, they originated, although they weren't given formal, uh, you know, apostolic and papal blessing until just a few centuries ago, they go back to the early church because in the early church, remember the first three or four hundred years, there was the persecutions by the emperors. They were killing the Christians and they would lock up these Catholics and put them in these prisons waiting for them to die. So they would be waiting for the Coliseum evening to come where they could put them in the with the panthers and the bears and the lions and rip them to shreds. And the 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 Catholics who were not rounded up. But had been um, forgiven of their sins, but knew they had to make reparation. And back then, they gave harsh reparations. In the first few centuries of the church, the reparation for your sin was huge. I mean, your penances could go on for months. They would visit these soon-to-be martyrs and say, will you offer your blood up for my, for my uh, remission of all my punishment? And the martyrs would say, I'm happy to, because what else can I do? I can only you know, hope to help somebody with my death. And so this is how it came about. So it's the blood of the martyrs and certainly the blood of Jesus, which is divine eternal blood which pays the debt so we have this storehouse of wealth from the blood of these martyrs that these indulgences go in and it's almost like taking your little shit and presenting it to saint peter and then he takes this storehouse of the blood of the martyrs and applies it to your to your sins and the temporal punishment is relieved it's kind of beautiful well this is called the church's treasury and i haven't heard that expression in decades we always used to talk about it, the church's treasury. And first of all, it's all the graces that Jesus won with his death. Then it's the graces of Our Lady, who was sinless, and hers are very big. Then it's the graces of all the saints, big, big S and little s, uh, and all of their uh, prayers and offerings. And then they can be applied uh, when people ask for them. Yeah. And so there's a treasury here, and I don't think most people know it. Uh, so it's good that we're talking about it today. So let's talk about what actually an indulgence is. There are two kinds, plenary and partial. The plenary removes the remission of all the temporal punishment due to sins. Partial removes part of it. And I read somewhere that uh, when sometimes you see like an ejaculation. And if you say this, you get 300 days um, indulgence. Well, a one day is all the prayers you do in one day. So if you have 300 day indulgence, it's the prayers of like 300 days. It's very big. It's much bigger than we think. So there's plenary and partial. We cannot uh, gain indulgences for living persons. It's either for yourself or for someone who has already passed. You, you, uh, the people who are alive today can help themselves 
so I guess that's why that's done that way. But um, we we can do it for the souls in purgatory or for ourselves. So um, we have to remember the communion of saints. So that's the saints in heaven. It's the souls in purgatory and it's us on earth. So we're all united. We're all related and we can all help each other. Uh, I have a great devotion to the souls in purgatory. Every night before I go to sleep, I do the peace chaplet, which we learned in Medjugorje, which is the creed and seven our fathers, seven Hail Marys, seven glory bees. If I fall asleep saying it, I say it in the morning when I wake up. But uh, I find that the souls in purgatory are very helpful to me. Like, for instance, if I'm at a doctor's office and the computer crashes, these things happen a lot. And, you know, you can't get done what you're there to do. I quickly pray to the souls in purgatory. And um, I think we're friends because of the prayers I do for them at night. And pretty soon the computer is up and running. So uh, we kind of have a a little uh, friendship going there. And I encourage you all to do that. So there's an exchange of good things between the communion of saints. And we can, in this treasury, we can help each other. And so it can never be exhausted, this treasury. Um, And so we move on. What are the requirements? Um, The requirements are, first of all, that you be in a state of grace. And um, you have to receive the Holy Eucharist, the day of the indulgence. You have to have been to sacramental confession uh, within 20 days before or after. So if you go to confession once a month, you're covered. It's 20 days before or after either way. There has to be a complete detachment from sin. You have to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And you have to have the intentions to gain the indulgence. It just doesn't happen automatically. You have to say to the Lord, I, I, I'm doing this as an indulgence. So... Um, for instance, that uh, I started looking up all the ways that you can earn this indulgence for, for the souls and for yourself. It's a very long list, which you very nicely sent me. And um, some time ago, I had looked it up and I saw that if you say a rosary uh, in the church with a group of people, you can do it. But you also, if you say the rosary at home with your family out loud, you can earn an, a plenary indulgence. So dad and I do this at night when we do our rosary. And we um, say, because you have to have intentionality, we say, uh, when we get to the prayers for the Holy Father, we say, uh, we'd like to have two souls removed from purgatory due to our plenary indulgence, which we're asking for today. And so I guess that's what it means by intentionality, that you have to be aware that you're doing it. It just doesn't happen. you can only gain one plenary indulgence a day. So a question that this woman asked me yesterday was, can you offer a plenary indulgence for a particular soul who has died? Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. You yeah. can say it's for my brother, Joey. Yeah. And of course, if he's already there, it will be applied. I'm sure to somebody else. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so the ways, uh, of doing the plenary indulgence, of course, from the list that you sent me. Uh, it's called, um, let me see what it's called. Do you have the name of that in front of you? It's a it's a name I haven't heard before. Uh, where is it? 
it's the like enchiridion of indulgences. Yes. Why don't you spell it? E-N-C-H-I-R-I-D-I-O-N. And this yeah, comes from, to us from the Sacred Apostolic Penitentiary, which is over in charge of indulgences. And it goes over this documents from 1968. And, you know, one of the other ones that's very easy is, uh, I think if you just sit, if you go to adoration for, I think, 30 minutes, that also is a plenary. Yes. Yes. And many, reading many you can do every day. Reading the Bible for 30 minutes. Um, so I would say that if you haven't yet done a New Year's resolution, you might look at this list. There's about 70 different ways to do a plenary indulgence and maybe find a way of something that you can do pretty much every day and, um, you know, start uh, helping out the souls in purgatory who in turn will pray for you. So much, uh, so much that we can do. You know, my husband's family, your dad, you know, dad's family used to have a mass said um, on like the anniversary of a person's death or on their birthday after they had passed. And we don't do that anymore. I never hear of anybody doing that. I guess some people do because there are intentions for the mass, but they used to invite the family to come and then they would have a breakfast afterwards. It's a, it was a beautiful tradition that kind of got lost in the wayside. But um, indulgence is a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, we can get our own souls very clean too. Yeah. So whenever the Pope issues his blessing, to the congregation, and it, and even extends through TV and radio. Um, you know, he parts it to Rome and to the world. Urbi and Orbi is what it's called. That's a full plenary indulgence. So when we have these big days, like we just had Christmas, you can hit the EWTN, watch and give the blessing. That that's a plenary, just right like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so and then if you of course well, you could be of course with yeah, and he has the. Uh, the general audience where he gives it the blessing too. So there's, there's so many ways, but the easiest is just pray your rosary in the church uh, or go to adoration in your church and uh, every day. Of, co of course, with the usual conditions, confession, yeah. communion, so forth, pray for the Pope. Of course. So, you know, really when I was, when I was telling you the origin of this, it, the biggest group of people that needed this were called the Lapsi. You ever heard of the Lapsi? No. So the the Lapsi were the ones who, during the persecution in like the 100s and 200s AD, when they were threatened to be killed, they renounced their Catholic faith. Mm. And they said, okay, well, we won't be Catholic, but then had great remorse over it and came back. And so they had to go to confession, and the priests were not initially open to restoring them so quickly. Because they said, well, you, you, you renounced the faith. What are we going to do with you? So finally, the bishops started speaking about this. They had a whole meeting about it and said, no, they should be taken back. But, you know, they have to be, there's, there's going to be a harsh penance. And this is where the harsh penances came in. And this is when they started saying, if you go and get a letter from a martyr that's about to be martyred, that letter will hold great weight in remitting all of the punishment time. So that's why they started doing that. So it, uh, everything has a purpose and a reason, but that's that was the biggest group of people. The one, and imagine, we have how many lapsed Catholics today, and they're not being threatened with their life. No, they want to watch and, a Sunday football game, and it's scary that they uh, don't know what they're doing, uh, and and in such putting their souls in such danger. 
and even the people who are sick and and suffering and they the way they want out is uh euthanasia all the different states are starting to approve it instead of looking at suffering as a gift from god that's going to erase the punishment do my su- sins so that i can go straight to heaven all right we gotta go we, I, we went way over today so uh, yeah. thank you for being with us uh, stay tuned father um Kirby's up next, and may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Signing out. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria Podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.